0: Hi everybody, welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio, I'm Albert Hardy, your host. I've got something that's been bothering me. I've heard several ministers say this, and it's kind of a new slogan or saying, which I don't think is right at all. This is downright stupid and weird to me. And uh, (laughs) something needs to be done about this. Somebody needs to speak out on this because it's not even real, according to the Bible. What am I talking about? Service, work, doing, making things happen. Here's the slogan. This is the only place and the only time that we will have the opportunity to do ministry. <laughs> Say what? You're kidding me, right? Please? You know, it's as if they really believe that we're, when we die, we go to heaven, and then we'll have nothing to do for all eternity. Would you like that? Would that be enjoyable and fun for you? If this if there is nothing to do when we quote unquote get to heaven, what's the point of it? It's not going to be fun to have nothing to do all the time or to play all the time. I once talked to a pastor very intimately about this, very one on one. And I asked him, what's your view of heaven? And he said, well, I think it's like the holodeck on the Starship Enterprise, if I'm getting this straight, uh, where you enter a few digits into this room with a computer on the wall and suddenly, poof, you're doing whatever you want to do for that day. play tennis, ride horseback, you name it. And that's going to happen tomorrow. Only tomorrow I'll do something else. Maybe I'll climb mountains or go skiing or something. And I thought, oh, how earthbound can you get? That's just silly. It's silly. Because God doesn't do that. He doesn't That's not his idea of play. That's ours. It's a very earthbound limiting viewpoint, in my opinion. Now, God likes to create. He likes to build. He likes to fill the universe as if it could be filled. It's limitless. There is no limit to the universe. It can go on and on and on forever. Think bigger than doing nothing for all eternity, that we'll have nothing to do, and we'll get to heaven, and we won't be able to do any ministry anymore, no, no works of service. We're not going to help anybody. We're not going to build anything. We're done. We're we're done. Well, then I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. No thank you. Now, God is preparing us for works of service service of judgment of rulership of kingdom living what do kings do nothing do they just sit around and eat all day no no not at all look at president trump for example what a what a great example of someone who is a doer. That guy is a whirlwind. And you don't want to get caught in that whirlwind, I'll tell you. He is sharp. He's a genius, in my opinion. And he's spot on on most things. Is he perfect? No. He's not Jesus. Don't get me wrong. He's not Jesus. But is Jesus going to do nothing for all eternity? No 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 no. No, we've got work to do. If you're afraid of work and you're not a hard worker, you just wanna slough around all for all eternity and do nothing, then I don't think God has anything to do with you. Or or why would he want you? It's like a workman that should be ashamed of himself. He's not accomplishing squat to put it bluntly. No, we need to find what is the truth of God. We're not going to go through any trouble. We're going to be raptured away and have nothing, no problems in life. Now, you're not going to learn anything that way. We were called and appointed to suffer. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. (laughs) I don't wanna suffer. I don't wanna suffer Well, you know it's a really babyish way to think. Now, suffering accomplishes. let's go to first thessalonians three three for a moment First Thessalonians three um, let's see it says three three that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves also know that we are appointed thereunto. Now that's King James language. But we were appointed to suffer. So what gets accomplished when you suffer? When you're doing it for someone else and you suffer... Let's say you're helping someone do something, and it takes some effort. Oh, my, you're going to actually do some work. Well, what's wrong with that? So you suffer for someone else. That's what love does. That's what Jesus did. Do you not think that Jesus suffered, setting us an example Oh, no, he suffered. Let me tell you, being on the cross for 24 hours, that last 24 hours of Jesus' life was excruciating. Hopefully, you and I will never, ever have to suffer that much. Let me tell you, it was cold. It was raining, probably. He may have even got struck by lightning, as did Jim Caviezel, when he played Jesus in Mel Gibson's production of The Passion of the Christ, came out in 2004, 14 years ago already, but that wasn't all that realistic. I mean, it was, it was great, let me tell you, it was It was amazing. And Jim Caviezel actually got struck by lightning twice while he was up there on that cross. But to have to push up on the nails in his feet and um, just rake his back on that raw cross, I mean, nobody should suffer like that. Nobody but he did it that we might have an access door to life, permanent style. Now, in that permanent life, are we going to do nothing? Is that what Jesus and God the Father are doing now? Nothing? No, he's helping people like you and me every single day. Now, I've lived over 23,000 days in my lifetime. And that'll tell you how old I am. Just divide that 23,000 by 365. Every day is a miracle, and every day is loaded with miracles. We may not notice them, but God provides a way for us to get through lots of trouble and trials and tribulations You don't think we're going to go through tribulations? We're going to be out of here? No, not at all. Let's go, for example, to Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy? There's prophecy in Deuteronomy? Yep. Okay, prove it. Okay, go to Deuteronomy 4, if you would, with me. And let's start reading. Uh, let's go to 29. But if from there you shall seek the Lord your God, you shall find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your life, your person, your being. Verse 30, when you are in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days... What? Yeah, right there it is. Deuteronomy 4, verse 30. Even in the latter days, if you will turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, that's a parenthetical, he will not forsake you, neither destroy you, nor forget the covenant or agreement of your fathers which he swore to them, For ask now of the days that are in the past, which were before you, or in other words, the days also that are ahead of you, since the day that God created uh, mankind upon the earth, and ask from one side of heaven to the other whether there has been any such thing as great as this, or have you ever heard anything like it? Did people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of fire as you have heard and live? Well, this is a unique situation. Yes, of course. But the point is right here in verse 30, when you are in tribulation, we are going to suffer. And that's just the way it is. It's as if Uh, working or doing anything as a service for someone else, absolutely showing love, was too much. That was something we're not going to have to do in heaven, as if it's a chore. No, this is exactly what God himself does. Jesus did what he saw his father do. So what did his father do? What does God do? He builds worlds. He builds worlds. Did you know that the scientists at NASA are discovering a brand new constellation or galaxy every week, a brand new one that wasn't there before? There's a black empty spot, and now all of a sudden there's a galaxy there? What do you think God is up to? He's building worlds. He's going, He. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. You mean we're going out there into space? Yes, I do believe that with all my heart. Now, not in a spaceship. We won't need that. Think bigger than that. Think bigger. Like, Think like this: like you you enter into the spirit realm. The spirit realm is a different um, dimension, let's say. And I'm not talking about a, 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 a parallel universe or something silly like that. No, no, you enter into God. God's already there. He's everywhere. We enter into him and materialize on any planet we want at the speed of thought. <laughs> you may never have entertained that before. We think we're going to heaven and we're going to do nothing all day except float around in the clouds. I'm over here on cloud nine. Where are you? I'm over here on cloud 49. Sorry, you didn't make it, buddy. Not, you're not in that good of shape. No, no, no. Come on, man. I mean, this isn't pretend. This isn't grade school. We were prepared for works of service. That's why we're in training right now. We're learning how to love one another, to do works of service. That's where we are called to do what we're called to do. Let's go to John 16, 33 for a moment. Jesus is saying, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't we don't want that. We want to be raptured out of here, away from tribulation. We're not going to face the tribulation. Well, That's not what Jesus is saying. He said, we will be in the tribulation. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. By implication, I'm thinking he's saying, and so can you overcome the world. Where does it say that we have to overcome anything? Do we have to really overcome something and get through it in order to gain some kind of a reward? Let's go to the book of Revelation. Let's go to chapter 2 and verse number 7. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Unquote. Then, dropping down to verse 11, this is talking about the church uh, in Smyrna. Verse 11, chapter 2, Revelation, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church, uh, excuse me, to the churches, he that overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Unquote. And then on down to uh, verse 17, this is talking about the church in Pergamos, another city in Turkey. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, to him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Which will uh, give him, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knows except for he that receives it. Then, talking to the church in Thyatira, down in verse 26, he says, "And he that overcomes." and keeps my works unto the end. Huh, we've got to work? Uh Uh-uh. To him will I give power and authority over the nations. Now, what, pray tell, is he talking about this authority over the nations? The power. What is power? How do kings, how does President uh, Trump rule. He wants to find out what he can do to help his people, and he goes around and finds out. He goes to Florida, for example, and looks at the disaster. He goes to South Carolina and talks to the governors and the the law enforcement officers. He goes to Texas. He goes all over the place trying to find out What's really on the ground happening in his country and what can he do about it? That's the way to rule. That's exactly what he's talking about here. To him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them as a shepherd rules over his sheep with a rod of iron. He's not turning back, and he's not kidding. He's not playing around. He means business. As the vessels of a potter, shall they be broken into pieces, even as I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So you can see that over and over again, there's overcoming to be done. There's works to be done. There's rulership, tending sheep, taking care of people. That's interesting and fun. That's a joy. That brings joy. When you can help someone else, you get joy from that. It is more blessed to give than to receive, You don't want to go to heaven and just be set on a shelf someplace and do nothing for all eternity. Give me a break. So, to make this statement, this is the only place and the only time that we will have the opportunity to do ministry is debunked. It's no good. It's not real. It's not truth. I want truth, not tradition Not some man's idea. No, thank you. I'll take God's word over his or anybody else's word that would say such a thing and shame on him. I mean, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. No, God is building a universe full of life, full of planets. I go to prepare a place for you. Where did he go? Did he go to Japan? No, he didn't go to Japan. How about Africa? Maybe he went to be a missionary in Africa. No, Jesus went to the universe, to his heavenly headquarters, wherever that might be. And we don't really know where that is. Quite honestly, we don't. But he's coming here to rule. Now, okay, where do you find that? Aren't we going to heaven? No, we're not going to heaven in the sense that you you might think, and not yet. We, there is a time coming, but let's take a look at John 3.13. This is a scripture often left out and not mentioned when they, they always go to John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoso believes in him should not perish, but rather have everlasting life. Perish? People perish? Yes, that's what Jesus said. People do perish. But he doesn't want that. He wants them to have everlasting life. Verse 16, chapter 3, John. But look at 13. Well, let's back up to 12. If I have told you about earthly things and you didn't believe, how in the world are you going to believe if I tell you of heavenly things? This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night, being one of the Pharisees, a ruler of the Jews, you know, it's like he's saying to him, where have you been? Don't you you read the scriptures? Don't you trust God and and live by what he says? You should. But look what he says. In verse 13, And no man has ascended up to heaven, except he which came down from heaven, the Son of Man. You mean we're not going to heaven? You mean my dead parents and grandparents are are not in heaven? No, they're waiting the resurrection. They're asleep. They're not awake. Oh, you believe in soul sleep. Uh Aha, click. Hang up. No. Hang in there and think about it. They're not in heaven. Jesus is saying that right here. Verse 13, no man has ascended up to heaven. No woman either, and no dogs. They don't ascend to heaven. Now, I know some of you are stuck in that belief system, But is it real, and is it truthful? No, I'm here to say it is not truthful at all. And that's a pity. But the church has embraced a lot of myths, and now it's stuck. It's going to lose its membership if they start telling the truth that we're not going to heaven, nobody goes to heaven, and for that matter... Nobody spends eternity frying in hell either. And where do I go? My key verse for that? Well, there's lots of them. But I go to Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 37 to start with. Jeremiah 51 verse, actually 37 starts, and it goes like this, and Babylon shall become heaps, a pile of rubble, a dwelling place for dragons, in astonishment, in other words, lizards, um, in astonishment, and an hissing, hissing is when water meets fire, without an inhabitant, they shall roar like lions, and they shall yell as lions' whelps. Well, when they're suddenly exploded onto fire, yeah, they would yell like crazy. Youch! But here's verse thirty-nine. In their heat, I will make their feasts, and I will make them drunk, so that they may rejoice and then sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the Lord. He signs off on it. His name's right there in the same verse. And then in verse 57, much the same thing, and regular listeners have heard me say this before, but it it bears mentioning again. And I will make drunker princes, wise men, captains, rulers, mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the king whose name is the Lord of hosts. I'm not making this up. It's in your Bible. Read it. And that's what we all ought to be doing, is getting familiar with his voice, with his ways, with his ideas, with his words. But we're not doing it. We're too busy. We're, we want somebody else to teach us. So we don't have to. Well, shame on me if I'm like that. No, God expects more of us than that. Let's go to chapter 22, if you would, of the book of Luke, and starting in verse um, 25. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but you shall not be so. You're not to be arrogant and think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but he that is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger, say what, yeah, and he that is chief as he that does serve, Uh uh-oh. Yeah. For whether which one is greater he that sits at meat or he that serves is not he that sits at meat he's the king but the king comes forth and serves them he says i am among you as he that serves you are they which have continued with me in my temptations and i appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father has appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, they weren't judging the twelve tribes of Israel after Jesus ascended to heaven. They never did in their human life. They never sat in judgment over the children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. No. So that is a reference to the future. That is a prophecy that they would be doing later on. So are we not worthy? Do you not know that we will judge angels, that we will rule over them, that we will serve them? That's what rulership does. And it's not easy, so we have to go through suffering to learn how to rule, how to take care of people, even when it hurts. So, welcome to reality. That's the truth from the pages of your own Bible. I didn't make it up. But it's a good life when you care for other people and you serve them and love them and you have something interesting like that to do, and you can actually help them. What a joy and a privilege that is. That's what we need to be learning to do, love one another. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Tune in again next time. We'll be talking more about the tribulation and some of the Uh, ideas of the rapture, which really are just plain, not true myths, lies, if you will. In order for it to be a lie, they have to concoct an idea and then build a story around it. Is that what we're doing? Is that what our pastors are doing? Let's analyze that and think about it. Where did God say we'd go to heaven and do nothing for all eternity? If this is, quote, the only place and time that we can have an opportunity to do ministry, then what's to be done in eternity? Nothing. Now, we've got worlds to build. We've got people to put on them. We've got people to teach and show things to and take care of. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, or com. There you will find lots of resources, but no ads. I will never ask for your email. I will never uh, ask for money for anything. Now, I want to teach from the Bible, because there are things that are not being taught correctly based on Scripture. Show me all over the Bible where it says that we'll do nothing for all eternity. No, you find that we'll be judging, ruling, serving, taking care of people, loving them. So I ask for God to show us the way through His Holy Spirit, and He will lead us unto all truth. So until next time... If you have a question, you can email me at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts and try to answer you from the scriptures, if you're willing. So until next time, I'm Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in.